Uh, I just was really uh, asking the Lord what we what we should do and what we could do tonight uh, to talk through the Word. We just got done with a, a four-part series on forgiveness. If you haven't uh, heard them all, I really encourage you to go and it's a wonderful four-step process to walk in forgiveness and to, and to walk out the emotional part of it, the, the mind part of it. I just want to really encourage you to get that. I think it'll really be a help to you. Um, for those of you who are like extra cold tonight, I'm sorry. For those of us who are hot all the time, oh, it's so great. Yeah, and if you're too, too cold, you can always step out by the fire. Vince made a killer fire over there, so. But I really want, I asked the Lord, you know, what, what should we do for tonight? You know, because this is going to be a standalone message before we could get into the next month's series. And um, really felt like it's important for us to constantly go back to the subject of grace and God's love. I don't think we can hear enough about grace and the love of God. I mean, I grew up in the, I told you guys this, you, if you've been here for more than a week, you know this. <laughs> I grew up in the Word of Faith movement, which was so wonderful because they taught, and that movement in the body of Christ, we were taught to walk by faith and not by sight. We were taught that faith was the handle to pick up the blessings of God, which I'm just so grateful for. Uh, but what we what we didn't really learn about um, is we didn't learn and understand that first of all and, and foremost and the most important thing to understand is if we can understand the grace and love of Jesus Christ, faith is easy. We need to really become uh, really become versed, so to speak, in the grace and love of God and understanding how much God loves us. And tonight I wanted, to, my objective is this, and I wrote it down just so I could say it real clear. I want to help you understand that, number one, God is not mad at you or disappointed in you. He sees you through the sacrifice and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ and has given, as in past tense, to us all things that we need for life and for godliness. Through believing in Jesus, he's made us righteous and sees us just as he sees Jesus. I think a lot of you understand and know that God loves you, but I would tend to say that most of us, uh, we still get this idea that all, although God loves us, he's putting up with us. You know, he's kind of putting up with us and how many times that we fail and how many times that we fall short and that he's kind of disappointed in us. But I'm here to tell you tonight that God is not at all disappointed in you. And you may say, whoa, wait a minute. I know me, and I know where I've walked, and I know what I've done, so God's got to be disappointed in me. No, he's not, because he sees you through his lens of love and through our Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus, how many of you know, he never sinned once. He was perfect. He did everything right, every single thing right. He never made a false step. And because of that, and because he died for us, we take on that righteousness, and now God sees us in this light. And what happens is, is now that we are righteous like this, we're able to do all the things that God tells us to do in the Word. And it's more of a, a situation that we're walking and understanding and knowing that we've been empowered by God to live this Christian life. Um, Jennifer and I, over the last four years, um, have really had our lives changed in a major way, especially me. My wife's always had such a great handle on how much God loves her and that he wasn't disappointed in her. Me, not so much. I always felt like I wasn't quite good enough 
that I couldn't quite do things the way they should be done. And I always felt like I fell a step short. Even as a minister of the gospel, as a pastor, I always felt like I, I fell a step short. And of course, the people that surrounded me always make sure that I felt like I fell a step short. It's unfortunate, but it's true. Because so many of us put this premium on obeying God and think that when we obey God, then we deserve his blessings. But what I found out over this last four years is even when I don't do things right, I still deserve his blessings because of Jesus Christ. Aren't you thankful for Jesus? Amen. I am too. So I thought that we, I would give you just kind of an idea real quick here. I, I, I told you this story before, but it bears repeating. Uh, probably back in 2012, I think it was, I went to Dallas and uh, I was at uh, Gateway Church. Wonderful church out there in Dallas. Robert Morris is the pastor. Carrie Job came from there, if you don't know who Carrie Job is. Uh, and I, I was in the hotel one morning. I went there because I was getting behind the scenes. I actually, Carrie Job was only there eight times a year because she was always on the road. She just happened to be there that week. So I got to talk shop with her for worship and different things and, and really got inspired. But the big thing that, that changed my life was not my trip to Gateway, but my trip to the hotel room. And my trip to the hotel room changed my life, and I'm going to tell you why. Because one morning I woke up, and before I, you know, it's, it's kind of dark in your room, and you're, you're a little bit unsure of your surroundings because you're waking up remembering, oh, yeah, that's right, I'm, I'm in Dallas. <laughs> I'm not in my own bed. And the Lord spoke this to my heart, I mean, just so clear. And I think it wasn't in the very first thing I woke up because I didn't clutter my mind with a bunch of stuff. How many of you can get two hours into your day and forget about it? You know, your mind's going here, it's going there, it's going everywhere. Well, the Lord spoke this to me. He said, do you know why you don't enjoy spending time with me? I mean, that, that right there really caught me. I, I didn't know quite what to say. I almost wanted to say, you really know that I don't look forward to that? You know, and what I found was, he said, the reason that you don't look forward to spending time with me is because you don't think that I'm right with you the moment that you call on my name. You think I'm a far away somewhere and you're going to have to pray your way into my presence or worship your way into my presence or spend hours in the word before I actually connect with you. And the truth of the matter is I am there. The moment you open your mouth, I am there. When you don't even open your mouth, I am right there. And that moment changed my life forever because I realized that I didn't have to earn things with God. I know it's sad to say I was 25 years into my relationship with Jesus and it took me that long to figure it out. But hey, I'm a late bloomer, but I finally got there. So to say all that, I, I just, I just want to bring a revelation to you that God is so near, the Bible says, to the brokenhearted, but he's also so near to those who are sons and daughters. He's right there. And in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through 4 in the Amplified, it says this, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle, special messenger of Jesus Christ, to those who have received and obtained an equal privilege of like precious faith with ourselves in and through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. May grace, God's favor and peace, which is, listen to what it is, perfect well-being, all necessary good, all spiritual prosperity and freedom from fears and agitating passions and moral conflicts be multiplied to you 
and the full, personal, precise, and correct knowledge of God and, our Je and Jesus our Lord. Peace is not the absence of challenges, but the ability to have perfect well-being in the midst of challenges with a freedom from fear. So guess what? Just because you're going through something doesn't mean that you can't enjoy the comfort of your heavenly father right in the middle of that challenge. How many of you have ever gone through a challenge before? <laughs> I'd say all of us. And I, I, I'd probably do this and lift up even my feet, you know, because we've all done that. And we know the difference of going through uh, those challenges without the recognition of God and going through it with the recognition that Jesus is right there with us. I don't know how people make it without Jesus. I'm serious. I would just be a mess. But I'm so thankful that he's right here in the midst to be with us and to help us to, to, to have this ability to have perfect well-being in the midst of it. Why do we have perfect well-being? Because we know that we didn't earn it, but Jesus earned it for us. And we can have the blessings and promises of God un, unrelated to our, our, our recent behavior. I just want to say it again. Unrelated to your recent behavior. I don't know why it is. It's our society has uh, made it so that it's a, it's a reward society. When you do things, you're rewarded. And now in the generation where I raised my kids, because in the generation I was raised, we didn't really get an attaboy very often. So we decided to let our kids know, you can do anything. Let's give you a trophy, even if you came in last place. Right? I mean, give, give, oh yeah, I'm not for that either. I just, you know, I, there's something to it. But th it's this reward society. If you do the right thing and you do it the right way, then God's going to bless you. But that's just the absolute opposite of how the kingdom of God works. The kingdom of God is simply being the person who understands and knows that God loves me and he's given me all the blessings of his kingdom irregardless of my behavior. Now, am I advocating for, oh, well, does that mean you just go out and sin and go out and do whatever you want? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But when we understand grace and we understand the love of God, it empowers us to live a holy life. And I want to encourage you with that tonight. Verse 3 says, For his divine power has bestowed upon us all things that are requisite and suited to life and godliness through the full personal knowledge of him who has called us by and to his own glory and excellence. His divine power, this verse says, has given. Has given. Now, coming back from my word of faith days. Has given. Everything that we could need for life and godliness has been given to us in Christ Jesus. What we do now is we just use faith to access those promises. If your bills, you don't know how you're going to pay your bills or what you're going to do, we say, Father, I thank you that you own it all, that you own the cattle on a thousand hills, and I thank you for providing my needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. If I need health in my body, Father, I thank you that by his stripes, I've already been made whole and healed, and I just receive that now in Jesus' name. If you're an angst and you're struggling, you could say, Father, I thank you that your peace surpasses all my understanding. We have been given everything that we need for life and godliness. And he goes on to say in verse 4, By means of these he has bestowed on us his precious and exceedingly great promises, so that through them you may escape from the moral decay, the rottenness and corruption that is in the world because of covetousness. 
and become sharers or partakers of the divine nature. Say this with me tonight. Say, I am a partaker of God's divine nature. Well, what does that mean exactly? That means that whatever Jesus has, you have. Whatever Jesus has, you have. God has blessed you with everything you could possibly need for life and godliness. And I'm so glad that he did. You know, Ephesians 2, 6 through 10 uh, in the Amplified. Actually, uh, Ephesians 2, 4 tells us that God loved us so much that he had to show us his goodness through Christ Jesus. Crazy about us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that who should have... For God so what? Love, therefore he gave. So everything that we could possibly need. Uh, in Ephesians verses 2, uh, or chapter 2, verse 6 through 10, it says, And he raised us up together with him and made us sit down together, giving us joint seating with Jesus in the heavenly sphere by virtue of our being in Christ Jesus, the Messiah, the anointed one. Do you know right now, you have been seated with Jesus at the right hand of God. That's kind of hard for us to comprehend and wrap our little minds around. But the truth of the matter is, is that we are seated in Christ Jesus. I don't think God lets anybody sit next to his throne that is tarnished, broken, and messed up. Now, we may have some tarnished, messed, and broken things in our lives but that does not discount how much Jesus loves us, how much God cares about us, and that we have been seated with him at the right hand of God. When I am convinced of this, condemnation is absolutely the killer to any believer's faith. Condemnation will absolutely steal and rob from you. You know, I hear people say, well, you know, I'm nothing. And I'm just like a little worm. And I'm just, I'm just so sinful. No, you're not. That's not, what, that's not what the Bible tells us. The Bible tells us that we are cleansed by the blood of Jesus. We are clean. We are well. We are doing well. So why don't we say that a little bit more? We think it's humble to say, well, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. How many of y'all have ever heard that before? Oh, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. No, man. That's not who I am. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and I have as much right as Jesus does to go before the Father. I have that right. Say this with me tonight. Say, I have the right to stand before my Father. Here's the big part. Because of Jesus. Amen. It says that we were raised up with Jesus, no stain of sin, sat down at the Father's right hand as royalty with all its privileges and benefits. So are we in Christ Jesus. Now, why did he do this? Verse 7 tells us he did this that he might clearly demonstrate through the ages to come the immeasurable, limitless, surpassing riches of his free grace and his kindness and goodness of heart toward us in Christ Jesus. God did that for us because he's good. Period. End of statement. We don't have to try to figure it out, come up with something, do better. Now I hear people say, well, just do better. Well, that, that doesn't inspire me. Does it inspire you? Do better? When I already feel like a failure, or I already feel like I've got condemnation all over me, that doesn't help me. 
What helps me is, is knowing that because I've been seated with Christ Jesus and because God is so good that I get everything that Jesus gets. Amen. Thank you for that, Lord. And we see over here in, in, in the message version in Romans 12, 3, it says this. I'm speaking to you out of deep gratitude for all that God has given me. And especially as I have responsibilities in relation to you. Living then as every one of you does. Check out these next three words. In pure grace, it's important that you not misinterpreted your, yourselves as people who are bringing this goodness to God. No God brings it all to you. The only accurate way to understand ourselves is by what God is and what he does for us, not by what we are or what we can do for him. That's what we do. We stand before God and realize we measure ourselves by who Jesus is, not by our own good works or our own good standing or our own steps of faithfulness that we've done. Now, I'm thankful. Don't get me wrong. I'm thankful that I am disciplined and I am diligent in the things of God and I'm disciplined and I'm diligent to study and to pray and I'm, I'm thankful for that. But I got to be honest with you, the first 25 years of my walk, I was not. I was a pastor and was not consistent and used to feel condemned all the time. Because you hear people, you know, Talk about messages of you got to do better. You got to do better. You got to do better. That never helped me. I don't know if it helped you, but it just never helped me. It never inspired me to good works. But what did inspire me is when I found out and understood for the first time, really. How many of you have ever read a verse before and all of a sudden you've read it for the hundredth time and all of a sudden a light goes on, right? That's what happened to me. I realized that there is therefore now no condemnation because I'm in Christ Jesus. And man, that was a game changer for me. That helped me to understand that I have everything that Jesus has. And that helped me be diligent and consistent. Just because I love and honor God. Not because I'm trying to earn my way. So I just want to say to you guys tonight. Stop trying to earn your way with God. You can't. It's impossible I don't care who you are or how holy you are. You can't. And when you get around people who make you feel uh, less than, get as far away as you can. Because I don't want to be around anybody who's going to make me feel like a less than in the kingdom of God. I want to be around people who are going to encourage me and cheer me on in my walk and know that I'm going to do some great things. Amen. But unfortunately, religion has taught us that you got to do good, you got to do good, you got to do good, you got to do good. And it's all works, guys. It's all works. Now, am I advocating that you shouldn't try to do good? Of course not. But do good for the right reasons. Do good because you love and you want to honor God, not because you want to earn your way with Jesus. That's why we do good, because we want to honor and love God with our lives. Can I hear a big amen from somebody? All right. So um, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, let's read a verse in chapter, uh, verse 17. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Your old man, and I'm not talking about your father, your old man, the old you is dead 
in Christ Jesus and a new you has sprung up. Now, if you had very little hair on your head before you came to Jesus, you're not going to have any more hair on your head. Trust me, I am proof positive. If you wore glasses, well, that's changeable because you can get healed, I'm sure. But uh, pretty much, you know, before Jesus glasses, after Jesus glasses. But like I said, we can ask God to heal our eyes. Absolutely. But now we're a new creature. Our nature on the inside is no longer evil and wicked. Our nature on the inside is godly and full of the Holy Spirit. That's how you need to see yourself. I want to encourage you to look in the mirror in the morning and just, uh, John G. Lake used to do this, a man from early 1900s. He used to look in the mirror and say, God lives in that suit. Because they used to wear suits all the time, I guess. Not so much today. But he said, God lives in that suit of clothes. We need to get a revelation of who lives on the inside of us. And I'm so thankful that Jesus does. Verse 21 says this, For he made him, Jesus, who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Say this with me tonight. Say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now let's say it like we weren't drones. I am, there you go, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's who you are. I'm so glad, aren't you? So last thing I want to share with you and to tell you tonight is understand everything is about the free grace which we did not deserve or earn, which is the basis on which God gives to all of us his free riches and inheritance in Christ Jesus. There is nothing I can do to earn it or deserve it, but Jesus earned it and Jesus deserved it. I'm so thankful for that. Amen. Let's just take a moment. I'm going to pray over you before we go tonight. Lord Jesus, I just thank you right now that you gave us life, that you gave us the right to stand before your throne and just be able to ask you a question or be able to just sit and enjoy your presence or sit and enjoy who we are because we're new in Christ Jesus. I thank you for that. And if there's anybody here tonight, Lord, who's never asked Jesus Christ to be the Lord of their lives, I pray right now that you would touch their hearts and let them realize that this gift is a free gift that you gave us because you're good and you love us. We thank you for that, Lord. And if there's anybody here tonight that you've never asked Jesus Christ to be the Lord of your life, I want to take a moment and pray for you. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand in a second. Nobody else is looking around, so nobody else can see who you are. But I just want to connect with you so I can pray with you. If that's you tonight and you've never asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life and you want to pray a prayer tonight, could you raise your hand? Awesome. Thank you. Anybody else? Anyone else? All right, cool. Let's, we're going to, somebody raise their hand, so we're going to pray with them as a church tonight. Is that cool? Say this, Heavenly Father, I ask you now to be the Lord of my life. Thank you for forgiving me for my sin and letting the Holy Spirit live inside my heart. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Amen. Hey, I, I want to encourage you guys before we go. We got two boxes of chicken. Please eat some more chicken or take some chicken with you because we don't want to uh, throw it out. Uh, also want to encourage you that next week, obviously, is back at First Love. Some of you have been asking about the building search. We're still looking, still believe in God, still trust in the Lord. Uh, so I just want to encourage you uh, to just be patient with us. We'll get there. Uh, we've been running pretty much 165 plus strong on Saturday nights. And it's, uh, you know, we're, we're busting out of, this, uh, out of the First Love building. And God knows that. So, but we'll get there. So I just want to encourage you to keep praying with us, keep believing with us. Because there's going to be a Saturday where I say, guess what? We found the building. Amen. And some of you have, have continued to give to the building fund. I just want to encourage you. There's going to be more things that we need. We've got a down payment right now, but then there's furnishings and everything else that we're going to need. Uh, so if you'd like to give to that, great. We don't, quote unquote, give an offering message and pass a plate because we really believe that that's between you and the Lord. And we want to encourage you just to, uh, to be free to uh, to give as, as, as God puts in your heart. And I want to thank each and every one of you tonight for being faithful and, and making the chapel what it is. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, feel free to hang out. We've got some more uh, drinks over here that you can grab. I think there's more dessert. I think we've got sugar for days. So I really want to encourage you to do that. And uh, thanks for coming tonight. We love y'all. We'll talk to you soon.